Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can in turn inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today on the Run for God Uh, Run Club podcast, we're going to talk about running hills, both with our actual runs and the hills of life. And then I'm going to share one way that we can make our runs a little different, a little more exciting. And of course, joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. You know, if people could only see behind the scenes here. Yeah. You know, people think we have this big staff and you know engineering team it's just me and you in the room yeah. and sometimes you forget to hit record and we sit here and talk for 15 minutes and realize whoops we never hit record yeah yeah <laughs> but those are we haven't done that in a while that's true so by the so, way we just did that yeah so we, we got about a third of the way through the podcast and realized <laughs> take two we never hit record so it happens <laughs> uh well it's glad i'm glad to know we're human you know we all make mistakes oh but. yeah so we've had a lot of racing going on lately, all yeah. sorts of cool things yeah. going on. We've had the World Championships in track and field going on. We've got the Tour de France going on. But yeah. one of my favorite racers also had a race this past weekend, right? Yeah, uh, Lane was out in uh, Long Beach, California. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, with airline tickets the way they are nowadays, I wasn't able to go. Holly went with Lane. Uh, we decided to divide and conquer, so I'm going to go to race with him a little bit later on. But yeah, he was at a, a race called the Legacy Triathlon, and it's a uh, it's an ITU race, International Triathlon Union race. Um, it's a Continental Cup, so people from all over the world were there. I saw somebody from Syria there. I've oh, never wow. seen a Syria uh, person there in, in one of these races. But yeah, it's it's on the 2028 Olympic course. So the 2028 Olympics are in LA, and uh, so this is the LA olympics uh triathlon course that they're actually going to be racing on for the next you know five six years isn't it awesome that they already know i mean 2028 is a little yeah, ways it's off amazing the planning that goes in yeah it really the is. this is right up your alley isn't it oh yeah, yeah everything's <laughs> planned out for sure. so so from a i know lane has aspirations big aspirations and he wants to participate he wants to be an american participant right. in that uh 2028 olympics potentially and he's kind of on that road, as yeah. are many others. Mm-hmm. Um, but so how do you qualify? How do they choose the triathlon team for the United States? I mean, like in, in track and field, it's they have a they have a trials, mm-hmm. and they take the top three in those trials, and that's who gets to run at World Championships. But it's a little different in triathlon. It, it is. It's kind of I call it a pipeline. You know, Lane Lane got in this pipeline from a pretty young age. You know, USA Triathlon. They have a very good structure to to help people not only come into the pipeline but to progress along it. Uh, so he started at you know twelve years old as a youth elite athlete, and then at sixteen years old he moved into the junior elite, and just last year he moved into what's called U twenty three. So youth is twelve to fifteen, junior is sixteen to nineteen. And last year, Lane moved into the U23, so he graduated out of the the junior division. 
And uh, U23 is where you hit the professional level. So Lane earned his pro card last year. You can't you can't be in U23 unless you're a professional. You have to so you have to go to a qualifying race somewhere. You have to get in the the top of of that race. Actually, the one the race Lane did, he won that race and that earned him the pro card. Um, so now it's it's just continuing on that that progression. And what a lot of people don't understand is triathlon's a little bit different than a lot of other Olympic sports. You don't you don't peak in the sport of triathlon to your mid late twenties yeah. on up into thirties. I mean, Hunter Kemper was still going to the Olympics in, in his late thirties. Yeah. Um, so it's, and it's all about the quad muscle. You know, when you're a cyclist, that's why you don't see 17 year olds in the tour de France. Uh, with that said, we have a very young guy this year in the tour. I think he's 22. And, um, but yeah, I mean, you, it's just a constant progression. He's definitely, he, he is, if he's not, an Olympian in 2028, he's racing the guys that will be an Olympian in 2028. There's probably, I would say today for the 2028 Olympics, there are 20 guys. Yeah. 25 guys maybe. And and Lane is in that group. Yeah. Um, So it's not like it's pie in the sky anymore. He can see the top of the stairs. Yeah. But there's still a lot of steps to get there. (laughs) And I mean, you're talking – uh, America, they've they've had three spots before, and they've had two spots before. Last Olympics, they had two spots for the guys. Yeah, uh, and that's all based on world triathlon rankings. Is how they divvy those spots out to see what country gets how many spots. I don't know if it's that way. With um, how, how does it work in the Olympic qualifiers? It all comes down to one race. Basically. It's one race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And see that you know, the, triathlon is not that way, and it's probably because there's so many moving parts with triathlon. Yeah. They don't want to pin it all on one race because they could have their, the top American, you know, could have a mechanical issue, for instance, on the bike. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want that. You don't want him to not go to the Olympics and represent the USA and possibly medal based on a mechanical issue. So yeah. there's some discretion there, which obviously opens the door for some politics. Yeah. Um, and that, that unfortunately appears to have happened in the past. Um, I don't know the ins and outs enough to really talk about it, but you know, anytime you have discretion, (laughs) yeah, uh, it's, and that, but that's what I've always loved about running is it all comes down to the watch. You know, I've said that before with parents, you know, coaching young kids, it's, it's not political. It's, you didn't play my kid, whatever it's, what does the watch say? Well, when you get to that level, there's some discretion comes involved and, yeah. Um, but it's got to. I mean, I understand why they do it. They oh, yeah, you can take the good with the bad. I mean, sure. we've seen it before. I've, I've seen it in track and field where we don't send our best because uh, because of one bad race. Yeah. I mean, it's happened dozens of times. Right. So, uh, yeah, and you don't – yeah, you hate to see that happen. So, hopefully we'll see Lane out there. We're, but it, we're, was, it was a great race. They had a lot of fun. He improved a lot yeah. from last year. That's the cool thing about this race course is he'll do it every year now. So, he raced it for the first time last year. Um, he he didn't do so hot last year, and he improved a lot this year. And, you know, that's all I ask for is improvement. Yeah. If you're improving, then, you know, this is – and Lane is good about it. He looks at the long game. He does. Uh, He's he really good He doesn't look about it. race to race. Yeah, he, he gets bummed when he has a bad race, but he's he's very good about looking at the long – because this is – I mean, Lane's 19 now. Yeah. You know, it – you know, you're talking 2028, 20, so we're talking six more years yeah. uh, before that. But but beyond that, I mean, he's he would still be in the pipeline for 32. 
yeah uh, at his age so um so yeah it's yeah. um pretty cool yeah so before we move on um if you have a business out there we, we've talked about this every week but if you have a business out there that would like to support run for god and allow us to support your business by promoting you uh, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is uh, my good buddy, Jess Burgess. You know, with the housing market at a recent high, having a reliable framing crew is essential. Someone who is honest, does what they say they will do, and someone who can get the job done with excellence. Jess Burgess Framing Crew has all of these qualities. So if you're a developer or contractor in the Dalton, Whitfield County area, give Jess a call for the best framing crew around um you know i i used to be a framer you know that mm -hmm. my background is is construction and and you know this is the time of year where i don't envy framers because mm, it is hot. hot but i yeah. used to now i would love to go back to framing sometimes even now in the spring and the fall when yeah the weather's perfect outside <laughs> yeah. but when it's i mean it's, we've had heat indexes over 100 several times here lately yeah and those guys are just Oof. I mean, yeah. they have tents set up and fans blowing where they can take a break, and yeah. it's just sweltering. I'm, I'm ready for fall. Yeah, boy. Yeah, it's about that time. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a little while, though. Yeah. It's around the corner. How about a Facebook post from last week? Um, this one says, Patrick Hawkins is with Angie Caleb Hawkins. Um, says, good morning, Run Club. Angie and I want all y'all to know how humbled and grateful we are for the amazing support and participation from across the nation to make the second annual run for God Hawkins fundraiser 10 K a huge success. It was simply a joy to cheer everyone along on their runs in person and virtually may God bless each and every one of you abundantly and meet your needs in the mighty name of Jesus. How great thou art. Let's continue to praise his name on high. Let's not miss an opportunity to shine his light and share his word and show his amazing love. Thank you kindly. With love, Team Hawkins. The final tally on donations, drum roll please, <laughs> $14,194.04 and over 200 participants. You know, Dean, I, I watched you guys on the live last night and, you know, I want to say on the on the outset, you know, we didn't ask them to do this. No. Um, Patrick and Angie took this on themselves and just took the bull by the horns. We we asked how we could help, and really they did. They did it all. They did it all. Yeah. I mean, we helped get some things for them this year, um, but it was just, it was incredible to watch those two work, and it really, it really set a light bulb off in my head that sometimes we need to just, let other people do things yeah and um i'm not good at that I, i'm i'm just not I, I i like anything that goes out of here to be professional and you know we we, we have to protect this ministry um but patrick and angie come in and they they pitched this idea and we were like yeah go with it and it man they've just knocked it out of the park yeah and i think it's a picture of what others could do because yeah i mean the fundraising was great I mean, that, that definitely helps this ministry. But what it's done in their community, what it's done for the two of them, yeah, has just been awesome to watch. I mean, it's really, they have really put Run for God and, and the emphasis being on God yeah. into the fabric of that running community in Carsville. I mean, we went down there and hung out with them <laughs> on the day of the race, and, and 
it was just incredible to watch people coming by. Y'all were talking about it last night. People high five. They weren't even in the race. Had one guy join in. He didn't know anything about Run for God. That's right. Yeah. He joined in for the race. What was his name? Federico. Federico. Yeah. He came up, asked Angie to hold his stuff while he went and ran, was <laughs> yeah. blown away that there was no registration fee. And then he even came to the cookout after. Yeah. Yeah. Think about what Patrick and Angie have done for that young man's life. Because he probably wasn't, what, 22 maybe? Yeah, he was young. 22, 23. He was a young guy. Yeah. And it made a huge impact on him. You could see it in his face. He he was sitting over there at one time by himself at the cookout, and I walked over and talked to him. He was just, like, blown away. Yeah. Like, I just – he didn't understand it. Right. And it's because we were so different. Yeah. Than what he's used to seeing – and that's what we're called to be. Yeah. And it's only because Patrick and Angie were willing to step out and, and do something like this. And so I'm, I'm going to throw a dare out here. And I know Patrick would do the same. I dare somebody else to do what they did. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is a lot of work. It's a big commitment. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we come up with something on our side to, to kind of help this process. But it was really an eye opener for me is the point. I don't want to I don't want to go too far down that road of what we could do because we all got to talk about it but man it was just it was a glimpse into something that could that be replicated well and we had a comment last night yeah online about you know we need something like that over here on the west coast yeah and yeah. uh yeah that would be great to have something over on the west coast um yeah, where so we let's... bring people together because we're we're run for god in general is a lot larger in the east and that's sure. probably because that's where we are right and so uh yeah if we could get a, a firmer hold out there we share jesus with many more people out west yeah and, and on top of that we are bringing the uh, the classes with this new website which we're going to talk about more in just a minute um you know really when we took when we went to run club you know we not that we took our eyes off of classes but Things kind of got a little confusing when we made that transition and, and we're about to bring a lot of clarity back to classes in communities, in the churches. Now that COVID is pretty much gone, I hope it's pretty much gone, um, you know, getting these groups back into churches again because that's mm. where the magic happens as well. And that's yeah. a very logical segue right into what Patrick and Angie did Yeah, for a race. You know, it's great to have a formal graduating race and we have a lot of fun at the run for god 5k here it's a production and that's great but having it very low key and no frills that's also great yeah i mean that was a lot of fun it It really was it was so so yeah more to come on that yeah yeah for sure yeah well i don't know where this did did the did the team we, we call them team hawkins did the whole team I think Maury might have been the first one that that came up with. I'm not sure where all that the We've genesis got a lot of was. Teams now we do, we yeah. we do, and we. I think that's cool because it's kind of a you know it's so marriage is a really special thing, mm-hmm. and it just underscores that when we 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 are a team, we're 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 one right. when we come together, and I I, I think that's a cool. That's yeah. a cool thing. So I don't know where it got started, who was the first one to say it, but yeah. thank you to whoever it was because yeah. I think it's neat. We had a trivia question from last week that went like this. Who won the first ever Olympic marathon? Did you know the answer to this one? I did not. 
Spiridon Lewis. I think that's such a cool sounding name. Spiridon Lewis. Uh, and it's hard to believe we haven't talked about him. Yeah, I thought I would have at least recognized this name. But yeah, not a, yeah. That's what when I saw it, I saw it on something else, and I thought we have never talked about Spiridon Lewis. That's crazy. So, did you know it before? Oh, yeah. researching this question. So you, knew yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. That was a dumb question, wasn't it? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'll remember, the first Olympics, the first, I guess, what we call modern day Olympics, took place in Athens, Greece, mm-hmm. in eighteen ninety six. So, uh, not all that long ago. Um, They thought it would be a good idea as they were trying to organize these Olympics to put something in there that kind of honored this whole thing with Pheidippides running from Marathon and uh, to Athens. And uh, so let me ask this. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Was that first Olympics built around running because it was to hold an event to celebrate Pheidippides? What, or was it the marathon that you're talking about? Or was it the, the Olympics? No, the marathon, the the event, the marathon okay. was added to the Olympics because of the story. Okay, okay. And so, um, but but the whole idea, I, I'm not sure. I mean, the fact it was in Athens tells you that, and, and I think they thought it was important to have it in Athens. Mm-hmm. And, and also, all of that went together a lot. Um, and I think it's interesting. <laughs> think about this, okay? That Olympic marathon was the first ever uh, marathon, mm-hmm. okay? They patterned that marathon after a guy who ran and then dropped dead. So <laughs> it's like, what's a good event? Well, how about an event where the last guy that did it died at the end of it? <laughs> it just sounds when crazy. When you put it that way, it is kind of, why did they do that? We would never have that today, would we? No, the too many focus groups would knock that one down. The, you're, get out of the box. It would, it would. So anyway, they get into this race this marathon race and there were only 17 runners in that first race and 13 of the 17 were greek so i guess because it was local for some of those folks a lot of folks got into it for that reason um and so uh, they get this race started and the greeks were really upset because they hadn't won a medal in these olympics and they didn't win any medals in the discus throw which you know for the greeks that was that was the olympics that was their their event and they didn't win any medals and so this came down to they wanted to win a medal really bad and so people were out there in droves watching these people run and so uh they take off and there's a guy a frenchman who uh who had participated in the 1500 meters a, a couple of days prior to the marathon and uh he he went out there and he was leading this whole thing and along the way he stops and asks a spectator you know how, how far ahead is the leader and they told him <laughs> and he's basically confidently said oh i'll catch him before the finish line um and then of course the frenchman who was leading dropped out it's a lot different than a 1500 meters but i'm sure he hadn't trained for it at all it sounds like um, then an Australian took the lead, and he was the guy who had won the 800 meters and the 1500 meters. Again, very different training for 800, 1500 versus marathon. So he eventually dropped out, and then Spiridon just kind of cruised to victory. Um, and this was uh, this is a this is what I read about it. it. Said Lewis was greeted with cheers after entering the stadium for the final part of the marathon. Lewis ran with Crown Prince Constantine and Prince George of Greece during that last lap, finishing with a time of 258.50. 
Lewis's victory set off wild celebrations as described in the official report of the games. It says this, quote, Here the Olympionic victor was received with full honor. The king rose from his seat and congratulated him most warmly on his success. Some of the king's aides de camp and several members of the committee went so far as to kiss and embrace the victor who finally was carried in triumph to the retiring room under the vaulted entrance. The scene witnessed then inside the stadium cannot be easily described. Even strangers were carried away by the general enthusiasm (laughs) adding to the celebrations two more greek runners entered the stadium to finish in second and third place the third place finisher spiridon balakis was later found to have covered part of the course by carriage and was disqualified so third place was awarded to the to the hungarian gaiala kellner so uh can you imagine this picture of these princes running that last lap with Spiridon Lewis is really, really cool. You'd never see anybody do that today because, you know, people in leadership roles, they don't, they're not going to be, in, you know, that, that wouldn't be distinguished. But what, are, what is it? What is a 258? That's a six. Well, it wasn't 26.2 miles. You got to remember that. Oh, yeah. It was, it was about 25 miles. But still, it's six. 258 is probably somewhere right around seven minute pace for 25 okay, miles. Yeah. The fact that the the prince of Greece and Prince Constantine could run at that pace with him that, that's that's even, impressive too. That's isn't it? even impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I thought the winning time would have been a lot slower than that. Oh yeah, that long ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Um, it was a whole different. There wasn't. There wasn't a lot of training, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't then. think of formal training back then, like today. But I guess there was. I mean, I don't. I don't know why I think that. But <laughs> well, if you if if this was a marathon, a full marathon, then the time would have been three oh eight or something like that. And if you saw that time, you probably wouldn't have thought that sounds well. I don't, I don't know because three oh eight. I mean the. The best shape I've ever been in my life was to run 312. I don't remember what it was. I didn't do it, but I, I was. I felt like I was there for a race to qualify for Boston. That was some serious training. I mean, it was a lot of dedication to be able to do that. I don't know. I guess I, I don't. I don't know what I'm thinking. I just. Yeah. I, I guess I don't think of formal training. Yeah. Like today being done back then. Yeah, well, I, there was some. I mean, there, there were there were some folks back then who would train four or five times a day. Now, part of their training right. was just going for a walk, right. but um, they spent, spent a lot of time. So, I would imagine from an endurance standpoint, they were probably pretty good if yeah. they if they were doing that kind of training. Well, Spiridon, he, he he received a bunch of gifts. One of the coolest gifts that he got was that one of the local barbers gave him free haircuts for life. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and in, in 2012, the trophy that, that was awarded to Spiridon Lewis went to auction and it was sold for $860,000 for that really? trophy. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most. It went to auction when? In 2012. Wow. And so it's the most anybody has ever paid for any Olympic memorabilia was the really? trophy that Spiridon Lewis won. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, and I think Spiridon Lewis is a cool name too. Yeah. Sounds And cool. the fact that there were two Spiridons in that race. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been a popular Greek name yeah. at the time, huh? Yeah. 
Well, we're at the beginning of a half marathon training now. Starts today. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, make sure make sure you get logged in. Make sure. Ma- okay. So I know there's some of you that out there that think, well, I kind of fell off the wagon. Well, today's the time to get back on the wagon. Um, you you can do it. We kind of take a step back at the beginning of the half marathon challenge. So if you're a little bit off, you can get right back on. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the new website. Yeah. We're 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 days away at this from the time of this or from the at the time of this airing uh we hope we're days away from this being launched this is dean this is killer you've been in there yep. messing around some you're working on the the live component which is pretty cool yeah uh, how that's going to happen um but yeah got a lot of cool new features and uh but just know this is a this is a this is a subscription website so uh you will need to be a member you can be a one membership for the whole family uh, but if you're not a member today we encourage you get on board it's 27 cents a day it goes to help us like i said in the beginning wake up every morning to try to figure out how we can share the gospel through the sport of running around the world yeah. and uh, so that's that's our biggest fundraiser of the year is run club is your yeah. memberships to run club so look at it look at it as is your monthly contribution to run for god 27 cents a day but the website is worth the price of entry for sure now yeah. we've also we're, we're just so you know because there's a lot of people on the run club group who are not necessarily members we are migrating over the next several weeks or probably month i don't know how long we're going to take to migrate over we're going to take it slowly but we're going to be migrating over to run club social uh the the user experience on run club social is exactly the same as really a facebook is. group yeah. it is we've tested it we've been on there we've been checking out the notifications uh, but the run club social is will be housed on runforgod.com runforgod.com will also have its own app now so you'll be able to download it from your app store put it on your phone and you can go straight to run club social you know mm-hmm. we've had so many people through the years say i just I don't want to get on there because I don't want to do Facebook. And we've always said, we get it. We understand. Yeah. Um, but we we also understand now that we've got to protect this group. Yeah. You know, Run run for God Instagram was shut down. No yeah. warning, no explanation, and no correspondence since then. And this was really an eye-opener to us that, um, you know, whether it's – politically charged or it was an accident we don't know yeah we at this point do not know but we know that it happened and if that were to happen to the run club group it would devastate this ministry yeah because everything is built on that run club uh facebook group now and so we we basically have our own social media on runforgod.com on the app now the user experience is exactly the same but nobody can just take it down. And it's just it's just the run club, folks. It's just the there. run club, so you don't see all of the other stuff that yep. is bad about social media. You don't have to deal with that. Now, if you're going to continue to be on social media and run club, yeah, that's yeah. great. I will. I will yeah. still continue to have a Facebook account. Um, but this is just a, this is a closed group, private group, where we can all come and hang out and talk and share stuff and be the club that this has grown to be so awesome but we can do it on the run for god app yeah. and it's easy to use 
Um, so we're excited about it. Yeah. I can't wait to, to get started with it. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Social media. Nope. Grocery store tabloids. Nope. The newspaper. Not usually. The national news. Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. We're back, and if you're not tuning in on Thursday nights, you should be. Uh, it's it's fun. It's interactive. It's um, uh, we're going to have to figure out how to make it interactive under the new as we go to this new website. It's going to be we've got a, it figured out. Going to be a little different, but it's going to it's going to work well. And um, and I'm hoping that the delay is a little bit less, and it's going to be it appeared to be less. Yeah, it appears to be less. Yeah. So uh, ho- hopefully, it's going to be even a little bit easier. Yeah, uh, and better. Uh, going going forward so but tune in on thursday nights again we understand if you're not a big facebook person and and you don't watch it for that reason we we get that uh, but in the future get ready run club social run club social that'll, that'll be, be fun pl- that'll be a place to do it right from your app mm-hmm. you take that app you put it on that first page when you when you look when your phone comes awake it's right there boom yeah that's the cool thing is is the app i mean uh I think I think Holly is more excited than any of us to have the app. That's just I don't know. Apps are everything's going to apps nowadays. Yeah, and it's so easy to have it right there on your phone. You click one one touch of your screen, and boom, you're on Run Club Social. Yeah, and not only are you on Run Club Social, but you've got all the tools of Run Club, the training plans, the podcast, the podcast videos. Everything is right there at your yeah from that one one really? button click. Really simple. It is. So when you're at a race and you run into somebody and they ask about run, run for God and what it is, you go, well, let me show you this app. Well, right? and they can download the app right then. Yeah. Now, once you download the app, then you'll you'll be prompted to join Run Club. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. download the app at your app store. It's uh, going to make it easier. Yeah. Well, Hills, do you love them or hate them? I hate them. Man, oh, man. I, I tolerate them. I know, I know they make me better. But, uh, man, and you know what? I'm not a very good hill runner. So like when I run races and stuff, if it's a hilly race, I really struggle on hills. And a lot of times people will pass me on hills, but overall running a hilly course, I'm usually in the general, uh, result at the end of the day, I'm usually better than I am on an easier course, but it doesn't feel like that at all. I like hills in the dark. Yeah. So you can't see the top. Yeah, because I'm I, when we trained for the Blue Ridge Relay, we would go run Mount Sinai, but we would always do it before daylight because if you focus and, and and there's a there's probably a sermon in here, but if you focus on what's right in front of you sometimes, and don't focus too far out there, it's not as bad. Yeah, but so many times we 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 can't see the. We can't see the trees for the forest. Yeah, sometimes. that's true. Yeah, we're looking up there and just oh, this is horrible. And but if you focus on right where you're at, sometimes it's not that bad. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, speaking of hills, here is a story about hills. This comes from Scott Kaufman, and it's called the Hills. 
It was a Wednesday, and my plans for the upcoming Saturday didn't include running a race until a friend asked me to join her and her uncle in a local 5K in a town called Hillsboro. With such short notice, I reached out to the race coordinator for a course map, and sure enough, I was looking at a hilly race, hence the city name, Hillsboro. Yes, hills are a part of running, but it's the part I least enjoy. I would need extra motivation for this race. I did a quick review of running hills, found some motivating hill quotes, and had lots of prayer for strength and to stay uninjured. Too many many hills too soon often equals injury. Now, where I run, there are hills. I know where they are, and I know the routes to avoid them. At times, I'll take an easier course, flat and simple. But this race was going to be different. The hills of Hillsboro were unavoidable. Back to motivation. I'd be running with my Christian rock playlist. I needed a quote or a mantra for when the, when the run gets tough. It's a hill. Get over it. Be a hill seeker. How do you handle the uphill battle determines everything. They were all good, but this quote stuck. Hills are an opportunity. Don't let it slip away. Yes, this was the one. But God said, include me in that quote. A simple adjustment was added, and uh, and it was, hills are an opportunity to seek me. Don't let it slip away. Race day arrived, a humid, cloudy morning, a day that God had made. On each hill, and there were many, I quietly stated my quote and sought God. Crossing the finish line, I had a strong idea that my time was good. Thanks to God, I set a 5K PR and took first place in my age group. I now approach hills, as strange as it seems, with great joy. What hills do you encounter? They come in all shapes and sizes. Financial hills, the dishes aren't done hills, health concern hills. We will be challenged by them. We'll seek ways to go around them, even avoid them altogether. The Bible gives us a better direction for the hills that come our way. Matthew 6, 33 Jesus tells us to seek first. The psalmist says to seek with all your heart in Psalm 119.10. And the prophet Isaiah encouraged us to seek the Lord while he may be found, calling on him while he is near in Isaiah 55.6. Whether it's the hills of life or the hills found while running, there is an opportunity to seek God. Don't let it slip away. That's a great story, Scott. There's a lot of, uh, a whole lot of truth in that story. Yeah, this idea of avoiding the tough route. Now, I'm guilty. We probably all are at one point or another. But I've done it a couple of times running with you. We, oh, we're not going that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, the best thing to do is to is to just embrace them and, and go after it and uh, just figure out how to face them better. And that goes for on our runs. But it also goes for life in general, doesn't it? Yeah, I think I, I think this thing that really stood out to me about this story is if if you just let life happen to you, hap, if you let life happen to you, it can crush you. Mm-hmm. But I love what what he talked about here. What Scott talked about was that he 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 found out that it was going to be a hilly race, and he went and found motivation. Yeah, prepared. To for me, it. that's the that's the key thing here. Is okay. I've got adversity coming. What am I going to do? You can either let adversity run over you, mm-hmm. or you can prepare for it. He went and found playlist. He went and got a mantra. He he did all the things he planned, and 
He was ready on race day. But so many times, me included, we just, it's like we stick our head in the ground and say, whatever life is throwing at us. It may be a hilly workout or it could be um, trouble at work that we're just sticking our head in the ground. And it, and it will eventually take us down. Yeah. Um, but I love the, the parallel here that he draws of you just, it's, it's, it's a mindset thing. You know, I listen to Dave Ramsey and he talks about how financial issues are only 20% a math problem. The other 80% is behavior. Yeah. And that's so true with all areas of our life. Yeah. How, how are you going to handle a, a heel? Well, it's probably only like 10% physical and 90% behavior, mental, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love, I love that part of this story that he just really draws that into focus that it's, it's all how we, it's all our perspective on the hills of running or the hills of life, because there's been hill workouts where I've been, man, I'm just, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And it's because earlier in the day I just decided, okay, I need this. I want this and I'm going to enjoy it. And guess what? It hurt like crazy, but man, when you get done, and you're standing at the top of the hill for the last time of those hill repeats, you're like, yes. Yeah. But then those days when you're dreading it all day, and guess what? When you get there, it's a horrible workout, and you're standing at the top, and you're defeated. Yeah. The only difference in those two scenarios is your mindset. That's right. Yeah. And the the truth is, it, I love the way he talks about at the end of this that he now looks at hills differently. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it is with all of these things. If we'll embrace them and even if we don't like them, even if they're hard, whatever it is, if we'll plan for it, be ready for it, attack it, then in the end, we'll look back at it and go, I'm way better going forward. Right. Well, and think about what, what is the difference there? I mean, think about the first time you ever do anything. It's scary. You dread it. Mm-hmm. You're just worried. But the more you do it, the less scary, the less you dread it, it becomes. And so it, ju- it just comes with doing it more. The best way to become better at the things you don't like is just to do them more. I'll tell you a story. Okay. This is a true story that happened to me. So I was in college. Now, you got to realize when I was in college, computers were a fairly new thing, right? And uh, personal computers were, you know, just just a few years old. And we, I had a class where you had to log into the mainframe. This is going to sound so crazy when I tell you this story. I've, I don't know that I've ever told this story before. But they, we had to log into this mainframe. And I didn't know how to log in. So you know what I did? I dropped the class. Because I was afraid that I was going to sound stupid asking how to log in. I dropped the class instead. Okay. So, think, I mean, but that's the way we do things today yeah. is. We run away. We run away from it instead of nobody, whether it was a, a another student or the teacher. If I went to them and said, I can't figure out how to get logged in. None of them would have been like, well, you're a moron. They would have gone, yeah, here's how you do it. And it wouldn't have been a big deal. But instead, I was so scared of the the thought that people might look at me in a bad way that I just dropped the class. Well, and it's funny. You kind of go into this later on, I think, in one of the questions. How, how many people 
how many people won't darken the doors of a church because of that very reason? Yeah, that's a good point. How how many people do we make feel inferior or less knowledgeable and, and they never come to church or they never come to Christ because of their uh, combo, their fear of, well, I don't understand that and possibly our arrogance that we have it all together. Yeah. Both are lies. Yep. Yep. And yeah, you're, you're going to get into that more in one of your questions, but yeah, that yeah. true. Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. The key word here first, right? Um, we have to put seeking God and the kingdom before everything else, everything else. You know, we talk about how we were talking a little while ago. How about about how important our marriage is? Our marriage is very important. God comes first. And if that's what we're doing, um, it's just hard to do because there's there's so many demands on our time these days. Well, you say it's hard to do, but it's not hard to do. We make that statement. Yeah, I make that statement, too. Yeah, it's just hard to fit it in. No, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Kick something else out of your schedule. Right. And put God in there. Yeah. We can all do it. We can. But we 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 build it up like it's this monumental task and it's not. Man, I'm just convicted right here saying it. Because yeah. I I did it yesterday morning. Yeah. I didn't get my quiet time yesterday morning because I had stuff to do and I just couldn't fit it in. Baloney. Yeah. It's huh. just not true. We we can and we should, but we just got to do it. Yeah, we just got to do it. Well, I tell people the same thing about running. Running is it's just the exact a, same it, thing. It's yeah. the same thing. It's what what's your priority? Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and you make a really good point. The truth is, it's not hard because if that is our first priority, then it's really it's very simple. Easy. Yeah, it's very easy. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um. Scripture passage two, Psalm one nineteen ten. Uh, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. When we think this way, when we when we think about seeking God with our whole heart, uh, I think we have a lot less drama in our lives because God's going to steer us in a in a in the right direction, and I think that we look for ways to eliminate friction and and things like that. And the truth is we'll never eliminate friction. We're never going to eliminate the hills. We're never going to get rid of the hills, but man, we can make those hills a lot better by doing this, by seeking God with our whole heart, with every intention that we have. Um, And when I think about this whole heart idea, that means giving up everything that we think, right? So, we all have opinions about things. You and I have very strong opinions about some things. But what this looks like is us giving up those opinions. Not 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 having convictions, not but but actually saying, God, what is it that you want? Well, I would take it a step further. I, I was I just happened up on a Bible study the other night. That's why I love running out of the church property. I got done with my run, and several men from my church were up there having a Bible study, so I just walk right in the middle of them, sweaty, pouring sweat, and 
care if I join y'all? Yeah. That this is what they were talking about. And they tap it, they take it a step further and saying, we've got to give up our rights. Mm. That's that one's hard to stomach because yeah. we think, well, I have the right to do this and I have the right to do this. We don't have any rights. Yeah. And the quicker we learn that, yeah, the quicker we can have a very rewarding relationship with Christ. But you've got to lay, you've got to leave your rights at the door when you go into the presence of God. And that means humility. Yeah. Which is a difficult thing to grasp. Yeah. Often. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we so have this vision and picture. We were just talking about, you know, Lane planning out to 2028. Mm-hmm. He's got a path that he wants to tread to 2028. And that's the way we all are. We all have this path and we're convinced that we're on the right path. Mm-hmm. But we have to be open to God going, there's a path here over here on the right. I want you to turn down this path instead. And we don't want to do that because in our mind, we've got this vision of this path mm-hmm. and that's what we want. And it's really hard to have the humility to say, okay, God wants me to turn down this other path. Yeah. I mean, take Lane as an example. I mean, the, the minute Lane starts to become entitled, mm-hmm. it's I've, I've been doing this for 12 years I should be the one winning this race. I have the right to win this race. I what whatever. I mean, the, the, what they were talking about the other night in that Bible study was it's probably one of the greatest examples of giving up your li- or your rights. It's when Abraham and Lot decided that they needed to split ways. Well, Abraham was Abraham. He is Abraham. Yeah, he could have took whatever he wanted. But he said, "Lot, we're we're gonna we're gonna divide up the land. Yeah, you take what you want first. Yeah, wow. I mean, and there's the Jordan Valley, and you know, Lot. We all know about him now, but he, he he's like many in our society, and like we are many times. He said, "I'll take the Jordan River Valley. I'll take the lush, green, fertile ground." But right there was Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah." ultimately cost him his life, the life of his wife. Wow. But we do that so many times because we feel entitled. We feel like it's our right. Yeah. But Abraham's the one we need to be looking at. Yeah. Abraham had the right, but he laid it down and he said, you take whatever you want. I'll take what's left. We see who, who prospered yeah. in the end. Yeah. It wasn't Lot. Wow. We see this in coaching all the time too. Um, from a running standpoint, I see so much potential in so many. Mm-hmm. We've got a one of the athletes on the high school team. Um, I heard through the grapevine that she's really scared of me, <laughs> and I'm I've really heard that before too. I'm really intimidating to her, right? Because you know how we are when we see the potential in an athlete. We're do we're trying every angle we can to try to pull that out of them. Well, she's got some talent. But she's got a long way to go to find it. And here's what we have to do. She's never going to find that until she starts buying into what I'm telling her. Mm-hmm. Right. But she's not going to buy into what I'm telling her if she's scared of me and she thinks that that I'm crazy. <laughs> and, you know, that that's not going to happen. So that's that's the way we are with God is um, 
we say, like she will say, I want to do everything I can to be the best I can, but then she won't listen. She's not bought in. She's not bought in. And that's, that's the way it is with God. We say we're, we're listening to God. We're going to do whatever God wants us to do. And then when the rubber meets the road, um, we don't really believe that. Dave Ramsey, I keep going back to him because I've listened to several of his podcasts this week. But Dave Ramsey calls it the I had it moment. People never really get bought into what he does and what he teaches until in their life they have that I've had it moment. Yeah, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of whatever it is. They have that inner vitriol that says, I've got to change. Yeah. And when that happens in a sporting setting for a coach i mean we're as coaches that's probably one of our biggest things is to recognize when that happens yeah we call it in coaching we call it the switch flipped yeah i've had it whatever we all have these moments in our lives where it's basically saying i'm ready for a change yeah then magical things can happen that happens in our faith life because you're right so many times we just we go through the motions and sometimes it takes us getting to that dark place for us to be sitting in the dark during the middle of the day in a church and saying, God, I've had it. Yeah, that's true. And everything changes from then on. So if, if you, if you're feeling, if you're feeling like you're walking where it should be, maybe you need that. I had it moment. Yeah. Maybe you don't even have a relationship and you're wondering what I'm talking about. We've got a page built runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Go mm-hmm. check that out. Yeah. If you're wondering what in the world me and Dean are talking about when it comes to to faith in Christ, go check out runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. Three simple videos there. Watch them and it could very well change your life. It could. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I like the time element of this verse because um, there's there's going to be a time it says seek the lord while he may be found there's going to be a time for all of us that we can't do that any longer i was looking today i noticed this morning clint eastwood is 92 years old now and i think about clint eastwood from you know back when i was very young i was a clint eastwood fan and he's and i'm old and he's way older (laughs) and uh, uh he's had an opportunity to be around for a very long time but I also heard yesterday a story about a former NFL player who died yes, who died, and he was 35 years old. Mm. We have no idea. No. No idea. Neither one of those guys, the football player didn't know that time was coming. Clint Eastwood doesn't know when his time is coming. And the truth is none of us know. Mm-hmm. And while we have the opportunity, we, we have to act. We've got to do something, just like you were just talking about. We, we, we've got to get to a point where we – well, we all, we've all made a decision one way or the other. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it going to change, I guess, right? Um, and the thing is that we, I, we look at salvation sometimes like it's an upcoming meeting or something. You know, like – We need to get everything I, ready. I've got time to, to get prepared for the meeting because the meeting is at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Well, I know how much time that is, and I know how much time I'll have, and um, and then something comes up, mm-hmm. gets in the way, and you don't have the time that you thought you were going to have, and uh, that's a that's a real significant issue, and we've seen it with people. You know, I, 
I love that illustration you're you're making, and I want to share kind of how I look at it because you're right. Many people who who don't know Jesus, they know of Jesus, but they don't know him. They 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 have this attitude like I've got time. Mm-hmm. They look at it as just like you said, a scheduled meeting, and I can do all these things, and then I'll make that happen when I get there. The way we should be looking at it is, and I don't know why this popped into my head is how I look at race day on races that we're doing. You've probably heard me say this. My goal on race day for the races that we host mm-hmm. is that I have nothing to do. Right. I want to do everything now so that when race day comes, volunteers are all in place, I have nothing to do because I know something's going to pop up right. and, and I'll have plenty to do. The point I'm trying to make is we need to look at meeting Jesus the same way. Do it all now. Get your life right now. Come to Jesus now so that either when when you're t- it's your time to leave this earth or Jesus splits the eastern side and comes back, there's nothing else you need to do at that point. Yeah. The the haze in the barn, all the acron- are the illustrations that we use. Do it now. Yeah. Don't do it tomorrow cuz tomorrow may not come. Don't 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 wait to to get your life in order. Don't wait to I need to quit drinking. I need to quit doing drugs. I need to quit being addicted to pornography. Whatever it is, you don't got to fix that. Get Jesus in your life and that'll take care of itself. Do it now. Go to that website, runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. It'll walk you through it. You'll see a lot of people in those videos that match up exactly with the people I just said. They don't get their life in order first. Get Jesus and that will get your life in order. Yeah, but society somehow twists that on us that you need to be perfect to be one of those Christians. None of those Christians are perfect, including the two guys on these microphones. But we have Jesus, and in the end, that will make us perfect. Yeah, you know the second part of this says while He is near, mm-hmm. you you have to understand you only have so many opportunities. It's not just a time thing. But it's an opportunity thing as well. Mm-hmm. And when you feel that tug of that Holy Spirit, that's an opportunity. You're close. And and what does that feel like? Your heart starts beating. Yeah. You get that uneasy feeling. You know, I, I remember it. I remember the church I was sitting in when the Holy Spirit convicted my heart that I needed to turn my life over to Him. I wanted to get up and run out the back door. It was yeah. that uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. That that is that is not your feeling. That is a spiritual war being fought between your sinful flesh and a holy God. Yeah. Understand what that is that you're feeling. It's not you need to get up and leave. It's you need to get up and go fix this now. Not yeah. not when you get dry or you get clean or you stop doing whatever. Now. Yeah. Right right now. If you're listening to this podcast, and you're sensing that, turn this podcast off. Yeah. Go to runforgod.com for us, peace with God. Go to your pastor, go to somebody you trust, and deal with that today. Yes. Question, where in life do you take the easy, flat road? There's not many around here. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but I know there's a, there's a, a young lady, um, local, that just a that I adore, that I love, that um, has an opportunity to do something big, 
and she's clearly taking the easy path and the one that doesn't require her to get outside of her comfort zone and it's breaking my heart because I know how that works because years from now she's going to look back at it Mm -hmm. and she's going to go I wish I would have done something different and that's a sad thing to watch Mm -hmm. when, when that happens and um you can be pretty good on the flat road, you know, like things can, things can go well on the flat road, but I'm convinced that things are always going to be better if you're taking the hilly route, that they're always going to be better when you challenge yourself, when you try to be better. You know, the truth is, is that I can run on flat roads all the time and never run up a hill. But what happens is if I, if I spend a lot of time running on hills, then when I get to the hill, that I didn't expect in a race, I'll be able to handle that hill. If all I've been doing is track workouts on the flat track, and then I get into this race and there's a hill comes up that I didn't expect, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough. And that's kind of, that's the way it is for life. Yeah. You know, If we don't practice on the hills, then when the hills come, they're going to be way tougher. Mm-hmm. So we need to purposefully put ourselves, just like we do doing hill repeats, You know, we're purposely putting ourselves on those hills, the things we may not like, just to make sure that when they do come up later, we can we can handle them. It's the same thing in life, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like we talked about with salvation. Deal with it now. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not going to be pretty if you try to deal with hills. If you're going to run the Blue Ridge Relay and you never run a hill, it's not going to be pretty on race day. No, it's not. not. No, no. Think about somebody who's famous, like uh, like an Elon Musk. Yeah, and you think about Elon Musk makes things look easy. Mm-hmm. He's done so; they've done some incredible things. His companies have, but Elon Musk doesn't take the easy road. <laughs> you know, right. uh, in order for him to have done the things that he has done, he's put people in space. You don't put people in space by just taking the easy road. Brought them back alive. Yes, (laughs) yes. He's landed a rocket back on Earth. Nobody's ever done that before. You don't do something nobody's ever done by being comfortable. But that would think about how big a deal it is. It's a huge deal. We can't do things that are a big deal. But the other thing, the reason we don't do things that are a big deal is fear. The fear of failure. Yep. Well, how many rockets did he crash? Yeah. Before he landed that Mm -hmm. one, it was several. Yeah. multi-millions of dollars yep. in these things but he knew he had to go through those failures in order to be successful and man that's it's pretty impressive that's life. yeah that's yeah. the way life is another question when you're seeking god are you more likely to use scripture why or why not i, I like to use scripture because when you know um i'm sure people have come out to the church property. I don't, well, I say that. I don't think anybody's ever seen me do this, but a lot of times if I'm by myself and I know nobody can hear me, I read scripture out loud. And because somebody told me a long time ago, when you read scripture out loud, you are hearing God. Hmm. And that, that really changed my perspective. You know, how can you hear from God? Go read scripture out loud. It's true. Because, Something happens in your brain. I think we've talked about this before. When you vocalize things, it can be. We've talked about it from a negative side. Yeah. You know, if you're if if you don't want to be a good runner, then say you're not a good runner, because your your ears hear what you say, 
and therefore it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, it's the same thing with with reading our scripture just in reverse. Mm-hmm. Many times if we read it out loud, then we're also hearing what we're saying and it's coming into our brain from a completely different way and it's um it's it's effective. It's very effective when you read scripture out loud. Yeah. Well, memorizing scripture is not my wheelhouse. You you know, I'm so bad with memorization. And it's it's made more difficult because now there are seem we have it used to be that we would have a Bible and we basically used that Bible and so if you had the New International version, then that's what you had. Well, now you at your fingertips you have 1200 different <laughs> Bible translations. And well, so, I've got five different versions in this room. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. And so which one do you memorize? Right. First of all, uh, second of all, I'm just not good at memorizing things like that. Anyway, I can't remember people's names. You know how bad I am with names. I'm awful. Um, but I do remember ideas behind the scriptures and general, you know, count it all joy. Mm-hmm. I don't what what the exact quote is. I, I just know count it all joy mm-hmm. when you fall into various trials. It, it's. I remember the concept and I think that this is a trick question because it says when you are seeking God, are you more likely to use scripture? Why or why not? Well, here's my assertion is if you're seeking God, you have to use scripture because if you're not, you're not seeking God. Right. Bottom line. Yeah. Right. Were you, were you working with us when Josh Suddeth did the, he did run at the meal no, but I've heard about it. Oh man, where he memorized. This, this is a young man that um, he committed to memorize scripture, and I think I want to say it's twelve or fifteen. It may be more than that. Entire books of the Bible, books, not chapters, not verses, but books that he's memorized and he can recite. And Josh doesn't do like he. We we invited him to run at the mill one year, and before the award ceremony. He recited First Corinthians, the whole book, just standing there. But the cool thing about Josh is he's not only memorized, but he's studied. And so when he, you can see he kind of gets himself, I'm sure he's praying before he starts. But then when he starts citing, you feel like it's Paul standing there because it's almost like he comes into that character. And, and when Paul is in anguish, he's literally crying. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not an act, but that was, man, that is, we need to get him back at an event. Maybe we could get him at the, the run club weekend next year. Yeah. I I forgot all about him till you brought this up, but Uh yeah, I mean, this young man, he's probably, he, he was maybe 20 at the time he did this for us, but he has memorized not just the words, but the context. Yeah. Of, multiple books of the Bible and can recite them on command. Yeah, that's really impressive. That would come in handy, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. <laughs> Gosh, I wish I... I can't remember a story somebody told me two days ago. <laughs> Last question. Knowing that avoiding the hills in life is not a good practice, what motivates you to get over them? It's the same thing that motivates me to get out the door and run every day. Mm-hmm. I just know it's going to make me better. And so I think you just have to look at those things and realize that there's value in attacking that hill. And that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I think it is for you. You're kind of like me. It's like I just I see the value in it, and so I do it. 
Yeah, and I think sometimes it's also, and this this isn't, you know, you should never be motivated by fear, but the fear of regret. Yeah. I'm going to regret this if I don't do it. Yeah. Just like you're talking about the young lady on your on your team. Um, sometimes we, it's a choice. This is going to be hard. You know, it's the, it's the, what it, how is it they say it? It's, it's always better. The pain of training is far less than the pain of regret. Yeah. I think that's how they say it. It's, yeah. It's the point being that do the hard stuff now because yeah. the pain of that regret later is going to be far worse than any pain you're going to feel in training here. Yeah. Uh, because that life lives with you forever. Yeah. I, I've run thousands of races in my life and you know, there's some races that, that as soon as I got done with them, I'm like, I didn't give that everything I had. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not a good feeling. You can point, you can probably point those races out easier than the highlights. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Those stick with you more vividly they do because because again it's that regret thing the way i always like to say it is your desire to do something has to override your desire not to do something yeah. it's that simple mm-hmm. and um yeah and that takes practice yeah yeah and you do that by by understanding the benef- the beneficial side of things mm-hmm. it's pretty simple really we complicate it so much though because it's because something's hard yeah Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. back and so uh so recently i got a chance to talk to a bunch of professors at college and talk about exercise in general running in particular and uh try to encourage them to it was kind of a i was just kind of stuck in there as you know they've been talking about academia type stuff for for a while and it was it was kind of a break and and an encouragement thing and um and so so, kind of like a ted talk yeah a little bit like that uh and and I, one of the things being around I've been I'm around academia a fair amount because uh, you know I, I work at the college as well, and one of the things that I I see in some folks that are in that profession is they're so they're so knowledgeable mm-hmm. about the subject that they that they have in front of them and that they teach because that's their job. Mm -hmm. And so they're in this teaching mode all the time. So when you're just talking to them about general things, they have a hard time getting away from that teaching mode, Mm -hmm. which is, that's how they're, that's who they are. That's how they're wired. They're probably a lot of them are just following God's path because that's the way God made them to be teachers. But it often gets in the way too, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they get to that point where, um, unconsciously they're they're like well i've had all this training and so i know all these things and and they do and it's it's great 
But we as Christians sometimes can get to the point where we think we know it all and we talk down to people, not in an intentional way, just like these professors. They don't talk down to people intentionally. They have great intentions. Their intention is to help impart wisdom, to help people understand. And But that sometimes comes across as very condescending, mm-hmm. right? And I, I thought about that from the standpoint of us as as Christians, we can come across condescending to people who are not Christians, and we do it in ways we don't think about it. Like we'll use words that are Christianese type mm-hmm. words, and that people who aren't believers they don't understand those words. And I think when we do that, we come across in a way that's it's not 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 what God wants us to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well, it. it- it can do two things. It can do two things that we've already talked about. One, it can come across as they don't understand it, therefore they're going to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. And it can also come across as entitled. Yeah. Well, I'm saved by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to heaven. I'm better than you. Right. Right. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wrong. Yeah. You know. So so yeah we we. We have to keep things on a, I don't want to say simple level. We shouldn't elevate the way we talk just because we're a Christian. Yeah. We should be talking to people just like we talk to people Yeah, in, in general. But you're right. So many times we, we like to, I don't know if, I don't know the right word. Is it an arrogance or? I don't, again, I think it's a so really. so many times it's unintentional. It's a really fine line. Right. And it's, I, I catch myself doing it when I talk about running, you know, to me, um, running is very, it's very simple. And when I hear somebody and I know like uh, they're making an excuse, um, you know, my, my stomach hurts, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is. And I couldn't run because my stomach was hurting. And it's like, yes, you can. You give them 30 lashes and send them on their way. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I've done it hundreds of times. I know that you can do that. Right. And, and, but it comes across as it just comes across negatively rather than what you're trying to be encouraging, but it'll come across as being when we've got to mean understand and that that's something that you learn. That's yeah. And we've got to be patient with that. And, right. It's a good um, way to put it. Yeah, yeah, it's we, yeah. we all do it, but we need to keep things um, simple. Yep, for sure. Because the gospel is simple, simple, for sure. Yep. All right, well, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, do you look for ways to make things feel new? Um, well, this week I'm going to talk about a specific way to do that. It's called Run a New Direction. I was recently running on a local trail, as I do about once a week. It's a 3.2-mile trail that winds its way around a lake and through a canopy of trees. It is basically a circular loop. It's a great place to run in the summer because, because of the shade that the trail provides. I usually run the trail in the clockwise direction, but every once in a while, I will change the direction I run. When I do, I'm running over the exact same ground, but it always amazes me how different the trail appears when running it backwards. It is like running an entirely different trail. 
I find it's a great way to add variety to my runs. And there are many ways to change our normal run into something that feels different. Do you normally listen to music when you run? Try listening to a podcast or an audiobook instead. Or maybe unplug completely and listen to your body a little more closely. Do you normally run from your house? Maybe try going to another place to run. Or if you've never run from your house, maybe you should try it. Do you vary your pace when you run? Maybe a fartlek run where you decide how fast you're going to run in the moment. Pick out a mailbox ahead and pick up the pace until then. Look for another landmark and change your pace there. We usually think of fartlek runs as tough workouts, but it can be fun if you keep your pace on the slower side. Or maybe you can try throwing a walk in the middle of a run. If you're a walker, maybe try running a little. Take a few minutes to walk the trail you normally run and see how it changes the way you see it. Varying your pace provides some some variety to your run or walk. I like to turn my watch off when I run sometimes. It lets me run at whatever pace I feel like running. We're often slaves to our watches, especially if we post all of our workouts on an app like Strava. Find someone new to share your running with. If you run by yourself regularly, try finding someone to go with you. If you have a steady training partner, run with someone differently occasionally. The different conversations can be fun. Running is a simple thing, but the variations on how you do it are endless. If you're only limited, excuse me, you are only limited by your imagination. So if running feels stale to you, maybe you should try changing direction. We can find the same challenges in our Bible study and prayer time. We have a tendency to be creatures of habit and do the same thing every day, but changing it up can make it can make it new and fresh. If you like if you like to read a chapter or two a day and progress through the Bible, Maybe think about a topic in the Bible that interests you and really dig into that topic. The resources online are tremendous. Maybe you can use those. Maybe you can use those if you've. Maybe you can use those if you've never done that before. Once again, there are many ways to make it new and different. When we feel like we're in a rut, changing the way we approach God can help strengthen that relationship. No matter what you do, changing things up will not only allow you to make things a little more interesting, it will also foster learning and a better understanding of what you're doing. There are always times we like to make running, there are always times we'd like to make running or walking more interesting. In addition, we'd all like to strengthen our relationship with God. Try something different today and you may find better enjoyment and understanding. It's a great story, Dean. Well, you're a creature of habit like I am, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. Tend, to, tend to do the same thing over and over again. And for the most part, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But every once in a while, it's cool to do something a little bit different. Now, are you talking about, were, were you running the, what's the lake trail down there? Hague Mill Lake. Hague Mill, yeah. 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 You know, I've, ridden, I've run that trail one time, and it was the time, do you remember the year we did it with all the kids, and it was pouring down, raining, and slippery? <laughs> I've never been back to that trail since then. It's a way. It's a lot better now. Is it? Yeah. Back then, it had so many really bad, slick, muddy spots. Yeah. And now there's really none of that. So is it? Does it get rough in the rain, or is it still pretty? Mm-hmm. Really? No, it's pretty good in the rain. Now there's a few puddles, but for I the most part, we were muddy from head to toe after that run. Yes, we had some of the kids got down, walked down into the water on the boat dock there to mm-hmm. uh, to clean the mud off clean of them. Clean the mud off. They yeah. were so dirty. Yeah. I have to go back out there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Yeah, your brain kind of craves something different from time to time. And there's some people like, I know people who are like, well, I ate that yesterday. I can't eat that today. As if their brain won't even let them eat that today. Yeah. You know, for me, that's that never bothers me. But um, I think we all crave something different every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a way to do that with our running. Um, and there's a way to do that with our, our Bible study and, and the way that we approach God. I think about, um, I, there's a couple of podcasts that I listen to occasionally that are um, basically sermons. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, uh, as I said, online resources, all sorts of things that you can find, you know, where somebody's preaching or somebody's going over a Bible study or you can find all that stuff. There's, there's so much out there. Um, and the same thing goes for running. You know, it's, there's running stories. There's running, there's like people that have YouTube videos, hundreds of them of different ways to look at running. Mm-hmm. All that stuff is interesting. and makes your running a little more interesting. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of times I, I say I'm a creature of habit and I agreed with you when you said that, but there's so many things I'm not, um, I think a lot of times, you know, we hear the word burnout when people stop running. Well, I just got burned out. Well, maybe you just needed to change things. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I'm a creature of habit and a lot of things, but take, for instance, working. You know, this is this is my desk when it's not a podcast. Mm-hmm. But very rarely during the day do I sit at this desk. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the great thing about working nowadays is if, if I have this laptop and I have my phone, I can work anywhere. Yeah. So... I tend to move my office around a lot. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go outside. I'll go down the road. I'll find a good place with a view and work in my truck. I'll, mm-hmm. I've worked in a deer stand before. <laughs> and sometimes that's what we need to do in our in our running. Mm-hmm. You know, we get so it gets so monotonous because I've been there before. Do it exactly what you've said here. Go explore. Try to change it up. Make it different. Get a different scenery. Do different intensities. Run with different people. Listen to different things all those things brings kind of spice to your running yeah and it but yeah if you just do the same thing every time you go run yeah it's it's not really burnout it's you just need to change things up a bit yep and uh it's the same thing with our our walk with christ you know if you know you see in movies people get down on their hands and knees by their bed every night well that would get old doing that exact same posture every night yeah change it up i do the same thing you know when i when i read in the mornings very rarely do i do it right here i'll move around and, and go to different yeah. places and lift listen to it different ways or read it different ways and um what is it they say variety is the spice of life yeah that's true and it, it is true now yeah. when it comes to schedule yeah i'm a creature i have it yeah I, I like to i like to be predictable in a lot of things but yeah some things i don't yeah yeah While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. championships are going on right now by the time this comes out they'll be done um but is there a race going on or something 
Yeah, a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, it must be track and field. Must be okay. track and field. Okay, yeah. I got you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was in this prediction contest. So Let's Run is a platform where they, they they talk about professional running and stuff and there's message their message board is really world kind of they call it their world famous message board and it really is and so um all sorts of things on there a lot not even running related sometimes and there's a lot of politics stuff on there but anyway let's run had a prediction contest where um you they put all the events in there and you predict the top three for each event and then you get a point you get points according to where you finish after a couple of days i went and looked at my place i was third place overall and i'm in this coaches division where mm-hmm. it's just coaches and i was in third place i, th- I thought man i'm killing it and the next time i looked i was in like 12th place and the next time i looked it was in, <laughs> i keep going down every time and the next day goes uh, i'm going down. i'm not sure where i am i was gonna say engelbritson was the start of your fall isn't it because you had told me yeah. you had pegged him for the the fifteen hundred. Yeah, I just knew he was going to win, and then of course nobody picked Jake White, Jake Whiteman to win. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that would hurt me as bad as some of the others. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that well, I know that day you were in third place, and you said, "Yeah, I've got Engelbretson to win the fifteen hundred. And then I, of course, I get my geeky information, your kind of information from Lane. From Lane, yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, for all of you listening, to show you how geeky Dean is about running. What he's talking about is basically fantasy football for runners. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of that way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Americans have done really well. That you know, they, they we didn't do well last uh, summer in the Olympics, and we're kind of making up for it. We finished one, two, three in the hundred. Mm-hmm. We finished one, two, three in the shot put, and we finished one, two, three in the two hundred, which is crazy. I, I don't know if this. I think they said you have to go back to. To, uh, 1904 since the last time that one country had the top three finishers in the 100 and the 200. Really? Yeah. So uh, that's pretty impressive. So, um, of course, you know, I got this whole steeplechase thing coming up soon. And um, Evan Jager, what's a, it's a great story. Evan Jager had some injury issues and was just almost almost out of the sport. For several years, but he was one of the best in the world at uh, when he was at his best, and uh, he actually finished sixth in the in the world championships, which nobody saw coming. Um, now he didn't win a medal, but it's it's really cool to see. He's thirty; he's in his mid thirties now, and uh, coming back and running strong. That's a, that's a cool story. Now I should know this, but what what event was it I saw that Sarah Hall did really well in? She ran the marathon. She was at the marathon. That was okay. the marathon, and. We had a lot of the top ladies in it, didn't we? I think our all three of our ladies, I think, were in the top eight, I want to say. Which is... Which is, yeah, incredible. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very impressive. What about the men's marathon? Any any news there? We were not good. Really? In the men's marathon. Yeah. Um, our top finisher... Actually, somebody may have beaten um, Galen Rupp. Maybe he, maybe he was our top finisher, but it, we were... I think we're out somewhere around 10th maybe with a top finisher but then the others were further behind so um you know not not the end of the world he, he went out with the leaders um 
but then just couldn't couldn't hang on. I think he had he had some back issues. He actually that's what happened with him. He had to, he uh, he had to stop and stretch his back in the middle of the race. Um, that's never gonna end well. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, the two hundred meter races were just as we were recording this. It was just last night. Man, the atmosphere for the two hundred meter races was just electric. I mean, on the men's and the women's side, people were really, really looking forward to that. They were looking for Jamaica to sweep in the women's and America to sweep in the men's. And um, you had this whole thing between Noah Lyles and Arian Knighton, you know, where Noah did some did some things Arian didn't appreciate in the U.S. trials. And so everybody's been looking forward to that rematch. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't much of a rematch because Noah Lyles destroyed the field, not just Arian Knighton, but the entire field. He broke the American record. Wow. And the American record has been around for a long time. The American record was held by Michael Johnson. So if anybody remembers that name, that name was what, the 1996 Olympics mm. that uh, Johnson yeah. was in? So that's uh, that's how far back that goes, and he's uh, I think it's the second fastest time in history after Usain Bolt. Yeah. Wow. So uh, yeah, and then uh, but Arian Knighton actually wound up finishing third because uh, Kenny Bednarik, another American, finished second. Now nobody saw that coming. Everybody thought Fred Curley was going to finish in there because we had four in the two hundred, but Fred Curley, who won the hundred. Um, had an had a hamstring issue and had to pull up in his qualifying race. Didn't make it to the final because he got injured. Mm. He's not going to run in the four by one hundred meter uh, relay either. And so, uh, but Kung Fu Kenny, they call him um, Kung, Fu Kung Fu Kenny. He wears this bandana around his head um, and he puts it on just before the race. <laughs> and uh, so they call him Kung Fu Kenny. And he says he gets just he gets electrified when he when he hears him announce his name as Kung Fu Kenny, he just gets this just this surge of adrenaline. Really? And when it comes championship time, Kung Fu Kenny can be running. You know, he's always running fairly well, but he's not. Nobody was really talking about him being in the medal hunt. But when it comes, man, when it comes time for medals on the line, that dude put lays it out there. Hmm. And so uh, he he did well and finished second. So, and then on the women's side, Sharika Jackson from Jamaica uh, won it for the women, which helped me because I I had predicted her to win. So, uh, but <laughs> Abby Steiner, I was hoping she would finish in the medals. She finished fifth, um, so just outside the medals. And then the craziest story of all was Devin Allen, Devin Allen, who's run the fastest time for the uh, 100 meter, 110 meter hurdles this year. Um, kind of out of the blue. Nobody really expected that. And then he's in the the hurdles, and we've got several great hurdlers. We actually wound up finishing one, two in the hurdles in the championship. Could have been one, two, three. But Devin Allen wound up getting disqualified. And the why, the why, reason he got disqualified was because of his reaction time. So in track and field, here's the rule. They have these sensors in the in your blocks that tell what your reaction time is in other words how how long does it take you to start after the gun was fired and the the rule is is if your reaction time is less than one tenth of a second then you really couldn't have reacted that fast and so they call it a false start why I think it's the dumbest rule in the all of track and field should be if it's before the gun exactly exactly but this is the rule. And so Devin Allen, his reaction time was 0.99. So he started one thousandth of a, a hundredth, hundredth of a second 
early and they DQ'd him for that. And it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And um, it was it was so sad. You could just see him. And just He was kind of hanging around. He was actually, they were afraid he was going to start affecting the other racers because he just wouldn't go away. But you can imagine how hurtful that yeah. would be. But he wasn't the only one in these in these world championships who this happened to. I think this, he was the third one that it happened to. And this is the, the statement from World Athletics issued this statement. They said, Seiko's timing system uses two systems to identify false starts pressure sensors in each starting block, and two high-speed cameras which capture different angles on athletes' reaction times. These systems are calibrated and synchronized before any competitions begin to ensure they are accurate. Both of these systems are available to assist start officials to reach their decisions. The process has been used for the past three world championships and was functioning as normal for the men's 110-meter hurdle final. At all approved starting systems go through a rigorous testing procedures at the University of Cologne in Germany before they are approved for by World Athletics. The 0.1 second threshold to measure a false start was established based on the science of on standard reaction times. It is standard procedure after each World Championships for the World Athletics Competition Commission to review the championships and recommend any rule changes. The problem with what made them change that rule? I mean, I don't understand it. So personally. before it was the gun, right? Yep. And at one point in time, it was just judgment. You know, it was eyeballs watching. Yeah, but, it, but I mean, it's gotten much more sophisticated, right? I mean, you, with the pressure sensors and all that, you can tell if somebody falls tart. Why would they make the threshold after the gun of any distance of I, any length i don't know because to me if you start early I, I get what they're saying they're saying that they don't want somebody to get an unfair advantage by just guessing when the gun is going to start but your penalty is to get kicked out of the race right if you start too early so if you're taking that chance right. why I don't understand penalizing somebody for that. So, though, here's the weirdest part, though. The weirdest part about this is when you look at the average reaction times for this world championships, they are way lower than they have been for the last three world championships. Actually, the last, I think they said 12. They went back and analyzed it. This, the, and so something about the equipment, either it's, it's, it, it's like one in 10 million chance that all of this is not related to the equipment being different and measuring different this time and so it's it's just sad but if you want to get really scientific i mean reaction times can vary depending on humidity in the air i mean at this the speed at which that gun sound travels yeah can vary based on quite a few things yeah so i don't understand why they're making it any why are they adding yet another variable when there's already variables based on when you can hear the gun yeah i i don't know again to me the, the the only way you get an advantage really is if you start before the gun goes off and and that's called a false start and you you're you're kicked out of the race i I don't understand it but that's that's the rules and those were the rules going in everybody knew it so i mean i guess you 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 play by the rules but i hope they change it i I really hope they change that rule um because all of the the three people that were kicked out there was his was 0.99 another one was 0.95 and another one was 0.93 so they were all really really close and uh and we're talking about hundreds of a second so I think they should do it like they do replay. You should go back. They've got video of everything. Look at the video and see, did let the race finish 
And then if somebody gained an unfair advantage by starting too early, then disqualify them. But if that's not the case, I don't think you disqualify somebody. So Yeah. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? This one might require some research. This comes to us from Michelle Christensen. She sent me this, um, and I'd, I'd never heard of this before. And so I thought, well, it's, it's kind of a cool cool <laughs> thing. So there is a place in Iowa named after a lady who won a race. What is the name of that place, and what town is it, what town is it in, and why is it named after her? So here's a hint. It's in a park in Iowa. Um and, and 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 I said this is Frank. There's there's a word in this that I didn't really existed in Iowa. So that's another hint. Um, the the actual name of this place is is has a word in it that I thought I didn't realize Iowa knew anything about that. So oh, and by the way, you said Michelle, um, Michelle, if you're listening, she she came down to the Hawkins 10K. Her and her husband um, they actually came to my church sunday morning too did they yeah Yeah. but she brought these you know they're from wisconsin so they brought these cheese curds Mm. and i took a bag home with me i'm still eating in those things are you addictive and i I don't know if you can buy those around here but i may have to get michelle to ship me some more of those yeah they're good really good it's not it's not like eating a block of cheese it's Mm. it's um they do it right in wisconsin i ate a bunch of it while we were at the picnic see i had never had them that were deep fried yeah. Because Lane used to have a race in Wisconsin. We'd always go up there. And after the race, we'd go uh, eat cheese curds. But she opened them up, and I was like, well, those aren't cheese curds. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, they're just not deep fried. I was like, oh, okay. But uh, They're probably good deep fried, too, but, uh, but sure. they're good just plain. Uh, yeah, they're plain. I, it was like a five-pound bag, maybe. Oh, my or goodness. three-pound bag. I don't – it was a big bag. Wow. So, um, so yeah. Thanks, yeah. Michelle. Yeah. Well, that was good. Hey, if you know the answer to that trivia question, by the way, send that to Dean at runforgod.com. If you're the first person to send it, then uh, then you will win a Run For God Tumblr. So um, so participate in this. Not everybody does, and it would be good to participate. Every re- week I share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is the reason this week. Fellowship. Mm. You know, that's a word we use in the church a lot um, and not many other places, but I love that word. And it feels like more than just a get-together. Fellowship sounds more personal and better than just a get-together, right? And that's what running is. It's more than just getting together. It's sharing mm-hmm. with each other. And uh, that's that's kind of – I thought about that from the Hawkins 10K fundraiser. It was, um, it was fellowship. It was really good fellowship, um, hanging out with people and going for a run together. And, and that's just a special bond that runners – feel that uh, not everybody does and there's different like you know some people are in a maybe in a chess club you know and you have a special bond and that's a that's a fellowship but running has definitely has that well and it's 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 so cool because i was listening to to you and angie and patrick last night run club kind of steps that up a whole different notch yeah you know we were talking about the the race the angie angie and patrick put on you know at that little chalk line on the sidewalk we had people from florida georgia tennessee illinois wisconsin pennsylvania don't let me miss something all over what other community 
brings people together like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there are other communities, but for people to get, <laughs> for George to get in the car and drive, how many hours? Bunch, 12, bunch of hours, ten yeah. or twelve hours. Yeah, to come run six point two miles and and eat a hamburger. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing like that. I mean, I, it's if you're not a member of Run Club. You're missing out. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yep. Join us. Join Join Run Club. We'll leave you with this, the motivational thought of the week. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. Mm, that's good. That comes from Aristotle. So that's that, that's that been around a long time, and it's as true today as it was then. Sure. So I guess that's been, what, 25? 500 years or so <laughs> since he said that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Excellence isn't just excellence. Isn't necessarily that we're good at it. Mm-hmm. It's just being the best we can be ourselves mm-hmm. in whatever that thing is. And so that's the way it is with running. We're not necessarily trying to be the best runner, but we're trying to be the best runner we can be. Mm-hmm. And that's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get there by, this whole consistency we talk about consistency all the time and that's how we get there it's a habit that's what habit is it's consistency right so that's uh that's that's a good one all right episode 123 in the books damn all right now may god bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light good job dean For more information about the Run For God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace With God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.